All right, let's go. Okay, all right, all right. Now you got here. You got some questions to, for from the our listeners. Right, we're going over our last couple of episodes. We're going over some questions, and uh, so Cindy, we're, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to start with some rumors, yeah. which oh. are uh, we're going around the national. Well, hockey. I'll, I'll just say what I what I know about the. Okay, so the one this isn't a rumor really, but I guess it is that um, Pacioretty, who was traded to uh, the Hurricanes. Uh, from Las Vegas, kind of gave him a, the Vegas Golden Knights a shot, saying that it was kind of, he didn't say country club feel, but basically he said there was, you know, uh, there was uh, nobody that that you had to take responsibility and there yeah. was nobody watching them and all that well, stuff. So what do you think about well, it? Well, I'm going to tell you what, what I think happened in uh, Las Vegas. When they first got those guys, they were rejected. I knew they'd have a good year, but I didn't think they'd have the year that they had. But what happened was they 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 played for themselves, and they were they were mad. But the second year, well, they did, and they did have a great year. Everybody overachieved, everybody, and uh, so the second year, they yeah, well, they still got, had a pretty good year. Yeah, not a bad year, not quite as good as the first, and every and everybody felt secure everybody felt good and every and you go golfing in the after in the shorts and it, it just turned and now they don't do that in florida you never had but when you went there the whole the whole organization was a, was a country club yeah now you have told us many times so the, the bruins had a golf tournament yeah and it, and they started in the morning and i got there and it was sorry just to jump in to let people know it was just the day before training camp day before training camp and i i come from rochester with a sweatshop and i mean we we every guy got a one-year contract that's the way it was i go there and everybody's had three quarters of them are drunk in front of the guys don't get me wrong we used to get together, but we'd all be together. We'd have about four beer, four, five beers. But here was the, the club. They absolutely were. De, de, well, well, I better better not mention his name. <laughs> One of our defensemen was, was absolutely bombed. So I had Harry. The day before training camp. The day before training camp. I mean, I don't know, might getting bombed, but if we get be bombed together, and so I said to Harry, I said, I can't believe this. He says we we've had this for forty years, and he said that we we're going to have, we're going to keep going. I said, well, I won't be here next year, and it was canceled. I didn't even think about it. I left. I I I phone. I remember I phoned Rose and I, I said I can't believe what's going on. She, and what did you say? She said, Well, I, I remember the kind of conversation because you said, Rose, I can't believe this. They're drinking champagne and they're drinking wine and, and, and girls like, with and, bikinis on. But and and like in the and. In the American League, you guys never drank wine. It was all beer, right? <laughs> they were drinking wine and champagne, champagne and had cracked lobster and crab and caviar. And, and you kept saying, I just can't believe this. And mom said, stop being an American leaguer. <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought I-, you, I thought you were going to say, mom said, the wives better not have been invited because of mom missed it. But, I don't uh, think she, I don't think the wives would have liked it with the seeing all the girls and the bikinis and, serving and the drinks. drinks and... and <laughs> I said to Harry halfway through the meal, after the phone call, I phoned. I said, I sat down. I said, I have to leave. 
She, he said, why? I said, I can't believe this goes on. He says, we've been doing this for 40 years. And I said, well, if I'm here next year, it won't. And we did not. We, we Well, because like, just uh, let me jump in. Sorry, a little... That that year we did you did very well and then got beat out by Chicago in the first round yeah. of playoffs. We outshot the them fifty fifty eight to twelve eighteen. We outshot them and they and in, in the third because it was best two out of three one of those things. And then the next year though you went in like a till of the hun. The oh fr- yeah, and, and so we, we had a meeting with Harry, and after we I, I was I was devastated that we got beat out. I mean I was really was. And we, I remember he had a meeting, and he says, I want you to be like you were in Rochester. And I said, okay. And so what I, season was it you were telling me that when you first walked in the dressing room? Was it the first season when you, you took off, took out all the pitchers? You told them to get rid of everything? I, I went in, and I saw all these pictures of... So of, this was their first... Second the, year after. Oh, second year. Second year. I said, take down all the pictures. I said to Frosty Forrestal, who was assistant trainer, he says, Grapes, these are all my friends. I, I said, okay, get them all out. And he, <laughs> there were like photos of the with the Bruins with the champagne yeah, and and, 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 and the parade the and winning the cup and all that. Music uh, skating off with the cup, cup and yeah. I get them all. I mean, I if I I when I first went in, I was boy. I looked at all the pictures. I was you were in awe. I was in awe, and uh, we started right. We went went from, from that day on. Well, on four the, first place finishes and, and yeah, we uh, were we, the next year we were in first spot. I couldn't believe it, and we were in first spot from there. We never out, out of first spot after that year. I remember, I remember the one thing that you did keep was they had a great big bear head in the dressing room. Yeah. A real bear head. A real bear head. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years later, Stan Jonathan came, and he put a beautiful war bonnet on oh, the bear. You know, what happened was, for, uh, for us, he says, where do you want me to put this so, I, so I, you can take it home? He said, I just put it on the, the Bruin there. And it just stayed there. Yeah. And, uh, but the first year, first, so anyhow, the very first game, I was really, ex, you know, excited about it, you know, the first game in the National Hockey League coaching. And I never, ever forgot the guy that ho- it hollered out. And, I, and it was quiet too. Wake up the coach. <laughs> I never forgot that ever. And, and, and if you've ever been in the Kabasan Gardens, I know some of you have been there. It was like a, it, it was, I can't tell you what it was like. It well, was, it was really small. It was originally built for boxing. So, like, if you're on the second tier, you were right over, right, the, yeah. right over the ice. You like, could talk to the people in the second in the second tier. Yeah. And there'd be about 15,000 people there. And you could talk. To, you could see, If you hollered at anybody, you could look it over. You could see who they were. But anyhow, I never, ever forgot my very first indoctrination, I guess it would be called. And the very first... Uh, Friday, I think I think it, I think we I think we opened up on a on a Saturday. The day before, they had the, the the golf, and everybody was drunk, and I never ever forgot that. So, Cindy, what's the next rumor that's out there? Okay, the Oilers might be interested in Phil Kessel. You know, and probably people would laugh at that, but don't forget when he d- never had a contract. I think he's making eight million right now. Eight million. He, he signed for eight million. And that was when nobody was making eight million. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a big that was a big deal, and so he'd be playing now, and I'd sign him up with bonuses. And I tell you one thing, boy, there's one thing he can do is shoot and score goals. He turned into a passer. And what, what, yeah, yeah, he had 50, 55 assists or forty four assists or something like that. Yeah, last he turned year. into a passer, which he never was before. He had one thing in his mind when he get over that blue line, 
Put the puck in the net. Like the Oilers get into the playoffs, he'd be the kind of guy that could go on a oh, run. Oh, I, 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 that's a big joke. If you could get him for a million and a half, two million, and he'd sign for that too because I don't think he likes to work too hard. Yeah, you're not getting him for his defensive, uh, defensive work. But, I mean, when, he, when they won in uh, Pittsburgh, when he won the Stanley Cup, I think only Crosby had more points than him. He was something. He, when he wanted to play, boy, there was nobody better. And remember the time they, they had him on the All-Star and they, he was the last guy picked? Oh, wasn't that embarrassing? It was, that is embarrassing. And then they, because they didn't want to embarrass it too much, uh, they gave a truck away. Yeah. And everybody was hoping they'd be the last guy. Yeah. That was, that was so stupid. So another rumor is that, that uh, Nazem Kadri hasn't signed yet, and but the rumor going around is that he's going to sign with the, uh, with the Islanders. But my question is more of this. If something happens, let's say the Islanders don't sign him, he's been, is, he like, is it like a house where you've been on the market too long, your value starts to drop? He should have signed right after everybody else signed, you know, with the big dough and all that. Should have been right in, the, in and around there. Uh, he'll still get big dough because he had a great year. But uh, this is not a good sign when he go, when you're the last guy signed. I would have signed when the other guys were getting all that dough. I don't know. Something's going on there, and he's probably got something going on. But I'll tell you one thing. But the longer you wait around and you haven't signed a contract – it really, it really devalues your, your, I think, myself. He should have signed when everybody else was getting that money. Well, my question with, with that logic is, too, are, have the teams are just filling up their cap, so now they might not have as much money in the kitty to pay him what they might have originally done if he had signed earlier? Well, you know, when a good, all the good clubs are going uh, the good clubs that, that can win it, you're, they're close, right? They're probably right, close to right to the top. Yeah, the, that they say that the Islanders are trying to make space for them, but they can't. But they don't know how right now. Yeah, and when you when you start, so they're going to have to wait, trade a good player because he's making the money, and uh, it's not a good sign when you're the last guy signed. Okay, Tim, tell us about the spreads. Spreads.ca. They're a Canadian-owned online casino and sports book, and if you sign up now and use the promo grapes. They'll match a deposit up to $500. You get 10 spins on the big wheel. and you That can win sounds unbelievable, dumb. really. <laughs> it uh, really does. And then you get, uh, on your first sports bet, they'll spot you $25. So okay. There's a lot going on. You Football's coming up, and yeah, baseball's going. and CFL. Uh, CFL. You can bet on the World Juniors that are coming up. So you can just bet about it on anything. You can bet during the game. The Jays are losing 3-2 in the 6. You can go in and bet to see if they're going to come back. Over and under. Yeah. So uh, lots of fun. So check them out. That's spreads with an S dot C-A. So, Dad, I've got a question for you, and I've seen you in many a fights. It's, uh, it's something Sitting little- up high, though, eh? Pardon me? Sitting up high. Sitting up high. But even as a little girl, you have to realize it's pretty cool when you're a little girl and you see your dad on the ice and he's fighting. I, I, I that, might be the wrong, that might be the wrong thing to say in this day and funny, age. Funny you say that, Cindy. Well, when you're out with your dad, and like you, we used to go to the park and the pool and all this, and you, as a little girl, you know, just think, my daddy can beat up anybody here. I oh, mean, did you think that? Yeah, I really <laughs> did. I remember the time they, they locked me out of the pool and all this because I didn't oh, have Oh, yeah, and Hershey, yeah. And I was, I was only, what, four or five, and I thought to myself, I actually felt sorry for the guy that wouldn't let me in the pool because I said to myself, if my daddy gets mad, this guy's really going to be in trouble. I, and, you know, here that was a funny one. I never forgot that. 
I was sitting on a stool or a bench or something outside, and right. you were, your dressing room was right there. And I could hear, I thought, I thought it, I still wonder what's taking her so long. Everybody's yeah. leaving. And uh, how did I, how did well, I? Well, what happened was, it really was, they wouldn't let me out of the pool because I had lost my key. And they weren't, I don't know, they were going to hold me for hostage or anything. And so I peeked out of the door, and that, and you said, well, why aren't you coming out? I said, they won't let me out because I lost my key and I don't know what to do. And I thought, oh, oh now I'm going to cause a lot of trouble with dad. Cause he, he, she, and you just said, get out here right now. And I, and I knew, well, I knew you could beat up this guy. So I just left <laughs> just, right, eh? just, I didn't just know to that. avoid trouble and everything. So I've seen in a lot of fights on the ice and uh, tell us who the toughest guy that you ever fought was. Oh, I don't know. Let me, let me think. Well, Larry McNabb was pretty tough, and I, and I told, did I tell you that story? Yeah, I could tell that, but not for a while. But well, I'll be quick with it. I, I had, I was very, very tired. I just, just drove all the way from Hershey, Pennsylvania, to Spokane, and we took off the next day. And I walk in the Cow Palace in California, and there's a big sign across the thing: "Larry McNabb, heavyweight champion of of the WHL." I said, "Oh, please!" I did not feel like fighting then. And sure enough, he got me. Well, I won't. I won't. I won't spoil. And he really, he really gave it to me pretty good. I was pretty tired. Anyhow, the tough. He was tough. Don't you, he get, said he was. Uh, he said you said he was. Uh, I remember you telling me the story. He was. His fist was bouncing off the ice and hitting you on the top. He of the was head. trying. He was trying to hit me, and I said, "I if I if I hadn't put my head down near the ice, we were both on our knees. The other guy had me tied up, and I said, if I don't get my head down, he's going to hit me in the right in the face.' So I put my head down. He hit me so many times in the top of the head, he broke his hand. <laughs> he was out for five weeks. You said it hurt to comb your hair. I could not touch the top of my head. I, I would have give uh, back then I'd give 50 bucks just for two seconds because he was looking at his hand with the trainer and I went by him and I could have suckered him. Larry well, McNabb, boy, he was the toughest. Well, let me say, you mentioned about having refer, uh, linesmen uh, tying you up. Should I tell the story about when I did see you lose a fight with Hextall? Oh, yeah. Well, that was what I was going to say. Well, this is what brought it up by saying, you know, you think it's tough your dad can beat up anyone, but then when you do see him lose it, losing a fight and getting oh. beat up on the ice. Well, I didn't get beat up. I got one good shot. He, he got, got one, one good But what sh- happened was it was Dennis Hextall, which was uh, yeah. the brother of uh, Brian, uh, Brian Hextall, who and played, the, who played, and son of another Brian Hextall, who won the Stanley Cup. Oh, so that was so. Um, the the Hextall goalie was uh, the son of There's, Dennis yeah, or yeah. Brian? Uh, Brian. Brian. Yeah. I think. I think anyhow. So Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall. Ronnie Ron Hextall. Hextall was yeah. That's right, Tim. Because you played you played stick hockey down in the basement with Ronnie Hextall. I don't remember that. Oh, I remember it all. I remember like it was yesterday. You and him playing hockey down in the basement, and him and him crying. But anyway, uh, well, the, again, you're watching you and Dennis Hextall and the and the and the darn linesman. I watched it. He had your hands tied behind your back. I had my right hand and I was a right hander. I wasn't a left hander. And he just kept bringing the uppercut. Uh, one, two, Boy, three. He, and he just kept nailing you. Well, he nailed me once. The first one got me pretty good. <laughs> and remember? I could not get my right arm loose. And I remember the two linesmen. You have to be careful. The only guys that know the linesmen are the guys that fight. Uh, yeah. One guy was Jean Rattel, uh, Chantrell. Chantrell, yeah. Yeah, and I forget the second. Was it Scove? No, it wasn't Scove. Yeah. No. It was Farmer. Something, something, something to do with Farmer. Anyhow, 
I'd have to say he, it, punishment wise, I'd have to say that Dennis Hexall was the toughest guy. And someday I'll tell you the rest of the story. That it's a long story. Well, I can tell you the story after mom and I are waiting for you after the game, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And all the players are coming out. Ho, Rose. Whoa, whoa. Wait till you see the shiner. Yeah, you know. Wait till you see the shiner. So you come out and you're. Your your eye is just one little slit. It is so swollen up. And mom's looking at it. She goes, that was the game. That was the fight that she says, I didn't think a human fist could do that much damage. <laughs> it was <laughs> and something you know, else. And the funny thing about that fight, the whites of my eye were bl- uh, turned black. And it was a picture of, of you and I when you were a little boy. And I, I was I was sitting with you. And uh, the, the whites, and that black, that, 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 that white part, of you know of your yeah, eye yeah. was uh, it lasted for about six months. I, I, so he he really gave it to me. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I tell you one thing, boy. He was he he was tough. And I'll, and uh, Dennis Hextall, I think, was the toughest guy punishment wise that I got. Well, the aftermath of that is the next day you had to go to a funeral in Kingston. Uncle Bill. Uncle, Uncle Bill, Bill had Moore. passed away. So I could only imagine when your mother saw your eye like that what it uh you know i'll tell you thought. something it, nothing's funny about a funeral but and i remember my as as i was leaving the next day richard said can i look at your eye again and i had sunglasses on the whole time it was on there and um he, he laughed he said next time duck Okay, Dad, Alan from Rochester, when you played for the Amherst, where... Rochester, did, New York. Rochester, New York. Where did you live? I can answer those. And uh, what did you do in the off-season? All right, Cindy, you answer them then. Okay, in uh, Rochester, we lived at 217 Mohawk Street. Oh, I, did. I didn't even know that number. I even remember the phone number, BU82865, and Holy no area smokes. code. And I uh, can't remember what I had yesterday for dinner, but I can remember that. And then we moved to the big time was 181 Elm Drive. 181, it was a big black house. It was revered green, but it looked black and you white. You painted it black, and people, neighbors said, well, who, paint, who, who paints their house black? Well, yeah, it was revered green, and did it ever look nice? And it, was, you, it was shiny because you put oil in well, it. Linseed oil in it, I put it in. And, uh, and uh, what did I do in the summer? What did you do? I worked for uh, Kodak and Ridge Construction with my friend Whitey Smith. And what did you do in the off season? Because the players now they do they no. don't really have a job, do they? They just have no, a good time. You're making an, uh, ten million dollars. I don't think you need a job. I think that's why they're all good golfers, I guess. <laughs> no, I had to work on uh, construction, and I, uh, I jackhammer was my specialty, and um, and if the if the training camp opened Monday, I worked till Friday because I had to. I had a family. And that, sorry, but interrupt, but I remember there used to be a commercial where the gloves were, were oh, on yeah. the jackhammer, and you said to me, watching the commercial, say, that's true, I could pull my hands out I of I used the- to pull my hands out of, the, out of my gloves on the jackhammer, and the gloves would stay right on there because you had to hide, hold, hold on to it. And the sweat, and it would solidify. Uh, and, um, they were, and, and, not, and I remember that sign. And had not for ordinary people, and I guess I wasn't. <laughs> you, I, I remember you telling me though that the hardest job you had in construction was like holding the sign. Like oh, I hate, I hated holding a sign. The guy, I feel so sorry when I see guys holding but a sign. But you put it on a broom like they do in Canada, right? Yeah, well, I didn't. I did the first time they ever saw that. I, I instead of holding a sign up by itself, I used to put it on a broom handle and taped right. it on. 
And Whitey said, boy, you're really smart. He really you know, thought that was a clever thing. That was put. a clever thing. And then he come to Canada and every, at all, they all had it. I was, guess I wasn't so clever. So how do you get picked for the sign? I always think when I'm in a construction sign, like there's construction all over here in Mississauga, the person that's holding the sign is a person that doesn't know how to do anything. Is that true? No, that's not true. So how do they pick the sign person? I guess I didn't know how to do anything except the jackhammer, and he put me on a sign. No, I, I think he was my friend, and he put me on. He put me on the sign. I said, wait, after the first morning, I said, never put me on that sign again because you just stand there and turn the sign yeah, and time. Time stands still. Time like. stands still. You're always looking at your watch. No, I did not. He didn't do me any favors putting me on that sign. Okay. Stuart from Grand Bend. He wants Grand to know. Grand Bend what? I don't know. Where Ontario, I guess. Oh, is it really? No, Alberta. Is it? Yeah. Well, it could be. He didn't say, so. Gee, we should have to look that up. This is You'll how have to say where you're from, act. Alberta. This Most of them are from the States. <laughs> this is how we, uh, we, we prepare, right? Grand Ben, who is your favorite movie star? And what's your favorite movie? When I was young, growing up, Errol Flynn was, uh, he was the swashbuckling. Is that why he said? Swashbuckling. Swashbuckling guy. And boy, he, and the first, very first movie I was so totally, totally was uh, Captain Blood, his very first movie. And they found him. He was, uh, he was the captain of a small schooner down there, and I guess they were making a movie, and they saw him, and he was good-looking, dynamite-looking. And if I ever had a hockey club, I was going to run it just like he did with, in the movie Captain Blood. Boy, I thought that was a great movie. So what, but what's your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie, Lawrence of Arabia. And uh, it, was, uh, it was unbelievable. And... Um, if you're ever reading a book, that's the book to read is, is about Lawrence Arabia. Right, because you're a big fan of his. Like you read the one book that he had. It was called Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Seven Pillars of Wisdom. If You, you have to get through two or three chapters oh. because he was a funny guy. I kind of read it, and it's like Moby Dick. Like you really got to chew through the pages. I got about a quarter of the way through. Yeah, you had up. to. Herbert Melville was great, too. I, I read a lot of books, but Lawrence of Arabia and— uh, but I'll tell a quick story about Lawrence, the Lawrence of Arabia. We were in uh, London doing a show for CBC, and we had yeah, a date. Yeah, what was the name of that show? Uh, who Do You Think You Are? Oh, yeah. So England, not Ontario. Yeah, we were in London. Yeah, London, England. So we had a day off, so Dad goes, let's go to the War Museum. I want to go to the War Museum. I said, okay. So we get dressed up, and, you know, I'm dressed nice, but Dad's dressed up, full suit, tie, yeah, shoes, and you had your patent leather shoes on. So I said, yeah. Dad, I said, we're going to be at this museum forever because I know you. You're going to read every single And plaque. you know, every, and you're, you're right because now, the, you notice everybody wearing uh, uh, sneakers. I think uh, David Letterman was the guy that Yeah, Dr. Phil, you look at him. They all wear sneakers. They, all wear, they, they don't wear the. So you go, no. You know, I'm going out in public. I said, Dad, you're in London. Nobody's going to know you. No, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get dressed up. You know, I got this is, and I, so we kept arguing all the way down the hall. I said, Dad, you know how sore your feet going to be? We're going to be, no, and you're arguing. And so I finally said, Dad, you're in London, England. Nobody's going to know you. And we go into the cab and the door opens and a guy gets out of the big, you know, those big black cabs. And he goes, hey, Don Cherry, I'm from Wolf Island. Yeah. <laughs> See? Goes, and I turned to you and I said, See? See? That yeah. was it. But what happened was, so you did go, we did go to the British War Museum, and you went to where the Victoria Crosses were, and you read every single plaque of the Victoria Cross. You must have been in that room for two hours. 
So now your feet are a little sore. Oh, and not my feet are killing me. Because there's nowhere to sit, right? So we kind of said, well, let's go. So we were going to go, and we, we got kind of lost on the way out. We went down this little, 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 little hallway, and there was the only things they had of Lawrence T.E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, one of the greatest you know soldiers and England ever had. They're actual things that he had. Yeah, yeah. And, and they had a rifle there. And that I, King and, Faisal gave him, yeah. Yeah, and 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 yeah. It's camel. Uh, and uh, there was saddle. a rifle, and we were leaving. And I couldn't believe it. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, and I thought he was the greatest thing that ever ever walked. And there was a little. There he was in a little hall. Well, I gotta admit, Tim, I went to the British Museum the next day, and I did wear my running shoes. <laughs> <laughs>